The big question is, how does someone with MS actually improve their mobility, strength, energy, independence, the list goes on. My name is Dr. Gretchen Hawley, physical therapist and multiple sclerosis specialist. Welcome to the Missing Link Podcast. Tune in as I share the top strategies and exercises to help you gain control over your life with MS using research-driven insights and advice from top industry experts. Whether you're newly diagnosed or have had MS for over 30 years, whether you have relapsing MS or progressive MS, this podcast is for you. You're sure to feel empowered and inspired after each episode. Ready? Let's dive in. Welcome back. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I have an episode for you guys where we're going to be talking about pool therapy. I think this is a really fun topic because it might not be what you think it is. I find that there's actually a lot of confusion around pool therapy, aqua therapy. What is it? Is it beneficial or not? How do you incorporate it into your daily routine? So we're going to talk about all of that. But before we do, it's been a while since I've asked myself one of my interview deck questions that I ask to all of my guests. So I thought it would be fun to just pick a random question for myself. I'm going to shuffle. My question is, did you have a favorite teacher or a teacher who made a big impact on your life? I do actually. So it's funny to think of this person at this point in my life of being my favorite teacher. And still to this day, she's one of my favorite teachers because it was at such a young age, which maybe I was just super impressionable, but my favorite teacher and someone who I still keep in touch with to this day is my kindergarten teacher, Mrs. Leslie. I don't exactly know why I loved her so much right from the beginning, but over the years we've stayed in touch and she came to my graduation. She gets all of my updates and my Christmas cards every year. She has just felt like a person that was part of our family in a way, and also saw me as an individual in addition to being seen as a twin. So as most of you probably know, I have a twin sister and growing up, a lot of people thought of us as the twins. They'd call us the twins. And we used to hate it because it didn't give us our own identities, even though we love being twins. We loved it back then. We still love it now. But anytime someone made us feel like an individual, including our parents, of course, but it was rare that anyone other than our parents made us feel like individuals. And my kindergarten teacher is one of those people. So I think maybe that's also one of the reasons why I loved her. But she is the best. Mrs. Leslie, if you're listening, hello. Okay, let's dive into it. So pool therapy, this is also called aqua therapy. It can be called pool rehab or aqua rehab, and it can be called pool exercise or aqua exercise. And one thing that you might be envisioning right now are pool aerobic classes. You might be picturing a ton of people in their bathing suits in a pool when one teacher up front and they're doing these movements for their arms or their legs, teaching these people in the pool how to move. That is aerobic exercise at its finest in the pool. Love those classes. But when it comes to multiple sclerosis, 
school therapy and aqua therapy actually can be extremely beneficial for lots of different reasons. But before we get into that, I want to discuss exactly what it is and one very important factor, which is the temperature of the pool. So pool therapy is technically any type of movement that is therapy-based in the water. So yes, of course, this can be in a pool, but it can also be in a lake, an ocean, a pond, really any form of water. Now, obviously, safety is going to play a role here. So please only participate in pool therapy in locations that you actually have good footing and are safe. But essentially, it's exercises in water. But the therapy piece is what will allow this to not just be regular exercise, like we were envisioning earlier with those exercise aerobic classes, but more actual therapy to strengthen your muscles and to improve function. So the reason that aqua therapy can be beneficial is multi-factor. So first and foremost, I thought this fact was so interesting. When you are in the water, water is 600 to 700 times more resistive than air, which allows for more strengthening of weakened muscles. So for example, if you are doing this standing marching exercise on land, you have to lift your leg up against air. And I don't know exactly how resistive air is, but I imagine not very much, really just whatever gravity is. But when you are in the water, it's 600 to 700 times more resistive. So when you are lifting your leg up, you are pushing up against water. Similarly, when you're lowering your leg, you're pushing down against water. That is resistive. So just moving in the water on its own is strength training. So it almost has a strengthening component built into it, regardless of what you're actually doing in the pool. Another big reason for pool therapy and a real great benefit is the buoyancy. Because of the buoyant water, some exercises can be a bit safer for you to do there and potentially a little bit easier, but the most important I think is reduced pain in your joints. I have a decent amount of clients that I work with one-on-one as well as in the missing link that have arthritis and repetitive movements bother them. It hurts their joints. It makes it uncomfortable and can even cause pain that prevents them from exercising the next few days. Oftentimes pool therapy can prevent that from happening because it's safer for our joints. There is more buoyancy. There's not as much gravity pressing down just injuring those joints. The water can also help reduce swelling in your legs. The reason this happens is because the water has a compression effect. So the denseness of the water near your feet is more dense than the water up near your waist. Therefore, it can act to be a pump to pump the swelling in the fluid out of your lower legs. So if you do have swelling in your feet, in your toes, your ankle, your calf, or anywhere in your lower leg, pool therapy can be an added benefit. One of my favorite perks of pool therapy is balance because if you are in the pool alone, you may not notice this as much, but if you are in the pool with other people, you can absolutely feel the ripple effects from the water 
of other people moving. And so it works your balance in a very unpredictable way, but also a safe way because you're in the water. So if you are looking to improve your balance, you can not only do exercises on your own, but maybe challenge yourself to be in the water at the same time as other people. Lastly, another one of my favorite perks of pool therapy is decreased spasticity or decreased abnormal tone that you have in your muscles. I have a lot of clients with spasticity and I used to work in a clinic where we had access to a pool and I would always notice my clients with spasticity when they would get in the pool that tightness would almost immediately lessen. Now, it didn't go away. It's not like a miracle, but for some reason, when you get in the water and you start moving, that spasticity can lessen, which makes movement easier. And the easier movement is the more you can get out of your exercises, the more strength you can get, the better neural pathway connection you can get. So there's lots of perks to pool therapy, but I think what potentially is more important than the perks is exactly what to do. So you might be thinking of swimming. When you think of a pool, you probably think of swimming, maybe different strokes, breaststroke, backstroke. I was never really a swimmer. So that's about my knowledge of strokes in the pool, but you can absolutely do that. That is a great functional exercise if you are looking to improve your function with swimming. And it works a lot of muscles. It works your upper body in every way, shape, or form. Your hands, forearms, shoulders, chest. It works your core muscles, your glutes, your legs, your hamstrings, quads, ankles, literally every muscle. So if you like swimming in the pool, go for it. However, I do have a decent amount of clients who cannot swim in the pool, potentially due to their spasticity or just their weakness, where they are swimming, but their legs are so heavy that it weighs them down. And that can be extremely scary because it can almost make you feel like you're drowning or like you can't get yourself back up. So the good news is that there's lots of other ways to exercise in the pool for pool therapy that have nothing to do with swimming. For all of these exercises that I'm about to mention, I always want my clients to do them first next to the edge of the pool so that you are actually holding on. But as you get stronger, as you get better balance, you could do these same exercises a little bit further away from the edge. So it's still close enough that you could touch if you needed to, but not so close where it feels average and normal for you to touch it the entire time. Kind of like when you're walking in your home, if you're wall walking or furniture walking, that's not the best. It's okay for balance occasionally, but we want to practice moving away from those surfaces. And then eventually you might be in the middle of the pool, maybe holding on to nothing or maybe a, a pool noodle to help you keep your balance. So always start close to the edge. And then as you progress, work your way closer and closer to the middle. My favorite type of exercise to do in the pool, this probably won't surprise you, is functional exercise in the pool. And by the way, if you are a Missing Link member, 
we have three full videos in the missing link where I am demonstrating in the pool exactly what exercises you should be doing to improve your strength and your walking and your mobility. So definitely check that out if you're in the missing link. Exercises that you can start doing are functional ones. So again, thinking about your goals and breaking it down. So one of my favorite exercises that you've probably heard me say on numerous occasions is marching. I mentioned it earlier today. So seated or standing marching, but in the pool, everything is going to be standing. So standing at the edge of the pool and marching your knee up up towards the top of the pool or the ceiling or the sky, depending on where you are. Also bending your knee. So kicking your heel towards your butt, maybe heel lift. So coming up onto your toes and then lower your heels back down towards the bottom of the pool and then up and down, up and down. You can face the edge of the pool and take sideways steps in both directions. You can even hold on to the edge of the pool and walk forward and backwards. So it's a combination of the same physical therapy-based exercises that you would do on land to practice with strengthening and balance, even things like weight shifting, or single leg balance, staggered stance balance, but you're just doing it in the pool instead of on land or in addition to on land. I think this is a really important concept to grasp because pool therapy is not just swimming. It can include swimming, but pool therapy is technically when you're doing your physical therapy exercises in the pool. So you're breaking down those goals that you have into lots of different exercises and doing them in the pool, but then taking it a step further, implementing the goal as well. So if you have a goal of improving your walking quality, your walking distance, your walking endurance, First, do all of the individual exercises. So you're doing your marching, you're doing your butt kicks, you're doing your ankle lifts, you're doing your weight shifting in a few different positions. But then I want you to exaggerate walk in the pool. As you're taking steps forward, bend that knee first and then lift your ankle, then bring your knee up towards the ceiling, straighten your knee, put your heel down, and then shift your weight forward and repeat the whole thing on the other side. This is a really cool exercise to do in the pool because you're moving slower anyways than you are on land. So not only do you have that buoyancy to help you with lifting your leg and moving your leg, but it's almost as if you're in slow motion. So you have more time to make that movement work and you can really feel each of the individual steps. So not only breaking down the exercises into to separate movements, but also putting it all together with exaggerated walking as you take steps forward, even taking steps backwards or side to side. Another question that I get frequently about pool therapy, especially when warmer months are coming, is, is it any less effective or more effective than other therapy? And other therapy, I consider land therapy. If you're exercising on land, that is land-based therapy, land-based exercise versus pool-based therapy or pool-based exercise. And it's a great question. Is it any less effective or more effective? And it's neither one or the other, but what you do need to consider is that if you are only exercising in the pool, 
I just had a call the other day with a one-on-one client where she was telling me that she has gotten so great with her pool exercises. She's in the pool five days a week. She's been so consistent. She's doing well, not only with swimming, but with her therapy exercises, but her walking on land hasn't improved. Even though her walking in the pool has, her standing endurance on land has not improved, even though it has in the pool. And so there is less carryover when you are only exercising in the pool and not on land. Your brain can get used to the environment And it can allow you to see these benefits when you are in that specific environment, meaning surrounded by water, but not when you're in other environments. So if you do participate in pool therapy, again, it's amazing for all the benefits I mentioned in the beginning, but please, please, please do not forget to also do the same or different exercises on land. Your brain needs that in order to have the same carryover. Someone who doesn't have multiple sclerosis may have better carryover, meaning they can exercise in the pool and see improvements in the pool and also notice improvements on land, even though they didn't exercise on land. But when you have MS, a lot of the time that carryover just disappears. So you have to be extremely intentional about exercising in the locations of where you want to see the improvements. So anytime I have a client who is doing pool therapy exercises, I additionally suggest that they do land-based exercises, but it doesn't all have to be in the same day. Maybe one day is pool, the next day is a rest day, the next day is land therapy, then the next day is pool. So it doesn't all have to be on the same day. Make sure you're listening to your body and what is doable for you. And if you are someone who has never done pool therapy, I absolutely suggest that you give it a try, but keep in mind, go slow. It might feel exciting and easier to do some of the movements, which is fantastic. But if you aren't careful and you just go balls to the wall, the best movements you can do when you're in the pool for an hour, you might be incredibly sore after even though you felt fine during because it's been so long since you've moved your muscles in buoyant water and in that way. So if you've never done it, or if it's been a while, just ease your way into it, just as the same you would any other exercise. There are physical therapists, just like myself, who do work in clinics that have a pool. Actually, when I was a physical therapy student, I worked in a clinic that had a very miniature pool. Only two people could fit in it. And it was more for therapy. And therefore they had cameras under the water and an underwater treadmill. And so they could actually see your gait pattern on this underwater treadmill. It was very high tech and very cool, but I would encourage you to reach out to PTs in your area, or at the very least reach out to pools in your area or sites that have pools so that you can determine if you can even get in and get out. So accessing the pools is extremely important. Making sure that they have a chair that either lowers into the pool and comes up out of the pool so you can get in. If they have that, I highly encourage it. Save your energy for the work in the pool. Don't waste your energy getting into and out of the pool. But if they don't have the chair, 
The next best thing would be stairs to enter the pool and exit the pool. The last option would be a ladder. These are, you know, the ones right up against the edge of the pool, and those are often the hardest to maneuver. So that would be something that you'd want to check with when you're reaching out to these sites. I hope this answered questions about pool therapy for you. And if you have the opportunity, definitely give it a try. It's a really unique way to exercise that will help improve your strength, your balance, even your joint mobility and flexibility, your walking, you name it. And it can be extremely functional when paired with land-based therapy. And again, if you are in the missing link, definitely go into the program and go to the task specific exercise category. And that is where you will find our three individual videos that outline and demonstrate exactly what exercises to do in the pool. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to today's show. I am so grateful to have you as a listener. If you'd like extra resources, such as a video of one of my seated exercise classes, my favorite core exercises, and the opportunity to ask me your questions, head to missinglink.com forward slash insider. That link will be shared in the show notes along with links to my social media handles. If you loved this episode and think a friend or family member with MS would benefit from listening, please go ahead and text or email this podcast to them right now. Sharing this podcast will help me educate and empower as many MS warriors as possible. Thanks again for joining and be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Missing Link Podcast.